A note about the upcoming episode. It was recorded before the devastating earthquakes that struck Turkey and Syria in early February 2023. At such a tragic time, we hope there is some solace in the love of country you will hear from our guest and the life lessons he shared, like one cup of tea is worth 40 years of friendship. Stay tuned and have a sip or two with us now. For the Marin Council of Chambers, I'm Stephanie Plant, and this is We Are One Marin. In our final episode of Season 1, we continue inviting you, the listener, deeper into our process. Today, you will hear our conversation with Augie Tecker, fourth-generation owner of Istanbul Rug. And you'll hear it from start to finish, literally, as we hit the record button right when Augie arrives. Augie and his father, Esref, opened their San Rafael store in 2019, right on 4th Street. Now, one of three locations in the Bay Area since Augie's dad moved the family from Turkey when his son was only 10. Join Kalina and I as we pull back the rug on how Marin works. The thing is, all we found were treasures. Hello. Hey, Augie. Yes. Hi, I'm Kalina. Wow, this is a really nice office. Oh, thank you. You know, my grandfather, this was his business. He's you're, not... If you're in, you're in the family business, it hits some strings that some people don't really understand. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You know, sometimes, I we think... We worked here about 15 years together. Wow. He made, he made it to 94. Wow. Yeah. Uh, working metal doesn't rust. Working metal rust. We're gonna sit right in there. Um, we don't probably have, you know, coffee as good as you might make it. No, no we problem. do have coffee if you'd like some. Sure, I'm. I'm really nervous. I never did a podcast oh, before. Okay, so don't so be like, nervous. Don't be. Don't be. I mean, the microphones look intimidating, but we're okay. gonna just talk like they're not here. I mean, and then you do you do look like a sportscaster when you wear Okay, wear yeah, the we'll get a picture. I'll put it on oh, Instagram. Well, yeah, too. we'll totally do that. But All let right. us um, get Yes. How do you take your... Coffee with half and half and water, please. That's okay. it. Yeah. And I'm going to get my, my notes and then we'll get started. Okay. So make yourself comfortable. I forgot my cup. I'll be right back. So no, you've never done a podcast? No. Uh, okay, it's very, very easy. It's just... I'll get in the groove of things. I'm yeah. usually content, you know, I just, yeah, I'm not, Stephanie... I don't know what questions you got. I've, I've, I feel underprepared. That's okay. Well, we tried to, we like to do our research and there's not that much out there about you guys. Yeah, I try to keep it very low. Low profile. Um, We'd really like Marin just to know a little bit more about you, your family, your business. Okay. Um, and whatever you, you know, would like to share. He was saying he feels underprepared. Okay, no preparation because there won't be a question that you don't know the answer to. Okay. Because we're going to talk about you. Okay. And your history and your family and how you how you like doing business in the county. Okay. Um, we've done, we committed to 26 episodes in a 12-month period. Uh-huh. We were um, very kindly and generously given a grant by the Marin Community Foundation. We've got a lot of support from the Marin IJ and from the... Chambers of Commerce throughout the community, uh, the county, and so we've interviewed businesses from, you know, cleaning services to, uh, we just did Jolly King Liquors, father-daughter okay. running a liquor store, to in-home care, and um, the F45 Fitness Gym in San Rafael, I mean, and oh, then- Oh, the Oakland, there's one? Mm -hmm. Yeah, in Montecito. 
Oh, there's one in Moraga too. That's where I live. So oh, I'm like, nice. wow, these guys are expanding. What's you know? So what are they doing fast. differently? So, I mean, it's a franchise, yeah. Yeah. but and they're not, they're not all owned by the same person. But um, you know, Mike Spikes is too. Mike Spikes, yes, mm-hmm. they're definitely really good. Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, I try to. Uh, I have like a thing every night before I go to sleep. Like my wife likes to read books. Yeah, and I'll like do some research on businesses and oh. like, you know, what are they doing cool? Oh, that's Why interesting. Is and I feel like Mike Bikes fits with our philosophy really well. Oh, interesting. Because they're all about customers. I, I know it sounds cheesy, but... No, I, it doesn't. I, I had incidents where, um, you know, people from... I mean, Mike's Bikes is an expensive bike store. I mean, if you're going to buy a ten fifteen thousand $15,000 bike, you know, you have to take care of your clients. So I seen, you know, I walked in randomly one time and there was a dispute and the guy said, you know what, no problem, we'll just give you a new bike. I want you to be happy. And I was like, yeah, I'm gonna, these guys are doing something good. So they actually expanded to Berkeley um, in University Avenue where we have another store in. So it's like kind of cool. Oh, so you're near them in more than one market. Yeah, so it's like, okay, so there was like a correlation going on here. Including like, gr- yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was really interesting. Um, and I think they have a shop in Mill Valley or on that road. Sausalito. Sausalito. Right at the entrance to Sausalito. Yeah, and I think they're going to, I'm pretty confident they're going to open one in uh, Manlo Park, Palo Alto area. Ooh. They're following, maybe they're following you. Maybe I'm following them, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Well, tell me what about that response that you heard will just give you a new bike. Tell me what a, what you liked about that. Uh, that's what we do. So, um, uh, do I put these on? The conversation was so good, we nearly forgot the headsets. Just, yep. put, just put them okay. on and pretend like you didn't and keep talking to me. Okay. Um, so when I heard those, when I heard that sentence, uh, one of the guarantees that we do as a as our business because... Um, and there's so many rug places, there's so many rug stores, there's so many uh, price variation in rugs, uh, and when people feel uneducated and they're making a big purchase, you know, they want to have that sense of comfort, they want to really uh, trust you. So we always tell it, you know, if there's something, if there's anything wrong with the rug, if you feel like it doesn't work out for you anymore, we're more than happy to exchange it for you, always. Wow. And then what I tell them is, you know, think of buying a membership at a country club. You just buy it once and you can always exchange it throughout. There's no um, certain limits. There's no three years, five years exchange. We just say for a lifetime. You know, we want to be your rug man forever. So I buy a rug. It could be 20 by 20. Yep. Feet, mm-hmm. not inches. And I decide <laughs> in five years or 10 I want to redo my house, and you this d- doesn't you, fit yeah. anymore. You downsize, or you get a new interior designer, you buy a new house. Or I just don't like this color anymore, and I want a different one. No problem. I can re- exchange it? You can exchange it for what you paid. We do not uh, upsell you. Hypotheticals here, you're paying, let's say, $10,000. We give you $10,000 credit. Wow. That's the customer service. Yeah, and uh, we do have people that take advantage of it, uh, but it is what it is uh, because I want my kids to continue, and it's becoming more and more difficult, you know. As the generations change, you know, there's so much technology now. It's I feel like it's losing its old, cool tourism, like, flavor of rug shopping. So 
you know, these days people want to buy stuff really quick. They want to customize it. They want to say, oh, I want to do this color, that color. And they want it in two weeks or a week. Well, this is handmade. You know, we got to wait minimum four or five months, depending on what you like. Let's go back for a second, because I like what you said. The old school rug buying experience. Can you can you walk us through that a little bit? Like, try to take me there because I haven't I, okay. done that. Okay, so have you ever been to Turkey or Middle East? or? Okay. No, you're going to tell me about that too. So uh, I don't really want to get into the Orientalism, you know, how it boomed. It went through Cairo, Egypt, and then it eventually made its way to Turkey. But uh, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, I think the best time to buy rugs are when you're in Turkey. And the reason being is because you you really get into the culture. So uh, most of the people that come into the San Rafael store, they all uh, come to us with the intent of just saying hello because of our name, Istanbul Rug. So most of the time that walk-in, they have bought or purchased rugs. They had an experience. So they went to like... Blue Mosque, uh, they went to the Grand Bazaar, Hagia Sophia, some of them went to Ephesus, Cappadocia. And in the meantime, while they're traveling, what they see is all these little little shops and they see these crazy good salesmen, you know, pulling them into these little tiny 80-foot, 100-foot square uh, rooms, locking the door, giving them really warm tea. Wait, locking the door? Oh, yeah. Do you? you <laughs> Wait, I'm sorry. <laughs> they do not want to be disturbed. So okay. it's it's not the intention to scare you. Uh, some of them lock it, some of them don't. But they give you this really warm tea. So you can't leave until you finish the tea because uh-huh. it's like very rude, right? That would be rude. Okay. So they give you this extremely warm tea and you have to sit there for 40, 45 minutes trying to drink this, you know, little tea glass. And in the meantime... The guy starts asking you questions about America, you know, and then in the meantime, all of a sudden you're seeing carpets flying in this little room, <laughs> you know, and then you can't help notice, you know, you, they start hearing these comments like, oh, that's a nice color. And these guys are trained, you know, this is the experience. And they obviously educate you. So each sale takes, I don't know, two hours, three mm-hmm. hours. So to me, that's the really experience. You go, you haggle. Uh, and that that is accepted. Yes. Yeah, you have to haggle. It's always fun. It's, uh, <laughs> you should see the uh, smile on his yeah, face. Yeah, you, you, you got to haggle. I mean, I, I don't know why. In the United States, it's always the price that they give you. You kind of move with it. I totally get it, but just haggle for fun. I don't know. It's our culture. You, you go to a um, Middle Eastern market, right? And you go buy groceries, you know, can you make that five? You'll just throw in a little bit, can you? And they'll laugh. <laughs> Meaning like no, you were going to buy, do it, buy three and you said, can I make that five? Like, can I get yeah, two more I for free? Yeah, if I buy four, will you give me one free? <laughs> you know, stuff like, it's, it's just, it's the way it is. Um, there is a saying, it's, we want your foot to get used to the door. <laughs> if that's correct grammar I'm using. We want to get used to us so you always come back to us. You know. So get comfortable with our door. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. I guess that goes back to your customer service policy yeah. too. Yeah, we are. They always come number one. We always try to do our best to make them happy, and we're always honest. You know, if there's something wrong with the rug, or if they think there's an issue with the rug, we always, always, always go beyond to make them happy. And tell me how the tiny little room with the hot cup of tea and oh, the yeah. lots of rugs. <laughs> tell me how that story ends. 
uh, you walk out with a rug on your arm. <laughs> and I've spent how much money? Uh, so, depends. <laughs> I mean, you know, there's flat weave. They're called kilims or sumacs. There's wool rugs. Uh, there are silk rugs. Now, silk rugs are very expensive. But, you know, you're going to walk out of that shop minimum, I would guess, $1,800. And will I know the person who made the rug before I leave? Uh, yes and no. Depends on the store. Mm. So um, some of the tourist areas, there's actually what we call um, like rug villages. Mm. And these people are dedicated to producing these authentic Turkish handmade rugs. And you actually have the, uh, the chance to visit them. So you go mm. in and they, that's how they educate you. Right. So you can actually see how it's being made and what the difference is between the silk and the wool exactly. and the knots. And the exactly. And there's no selling before that. They want to educate you so you kind of understand why it is what it is, what the price is, and why it will last you generations and why you should take good care of it. I mean, San Rafael is a great location. Marin County is a great location. I was baffled with the amount of antique carpets that comes through our store because, you know, people say, oh, yeah, my grandmother bought this rug. And it's like 140 years old, beautiful, you know, Turkish Herakis silk carpet. I mean, this rug is easily $85,000, $90,000. And somebody just says, this was in my attic. Yeah, I don't like it anymore. And, oh. I, and, I, and I say, do you know what you have? You know, it's, Wow. Uh, You're like that, sh what's that show? Antiques Roadshow. Yeah, I mean... The younger generation, like myself, walk in and like, oh, we don't like these rugs, but that rug can probably buy your car. You well, know? at least. Yeah. Uh, when I when we first opened the store in San Rafael, uh, I couldn't stop buying antique rugs from people that walked in. So we actually did the opposite. <laughs> that probably isn't good for the business model. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> and is the experience the same today in Turkey? With the whole political issue, if we put that aside, it is the same. And the public in Turkey has to be a little bit more careful mm -hmm. uh, because I think they're also noticing, you know, the Turkish rug stores and all these other small businesses who are tied to tourism. They understand the importance of teaching the younger folks, right? So as younger and younger people are traveling, we have technology, so they have to be more honest. They have to be extremely careful, and they have to be able to compete with the online store. So I think it's the same, but times are changing, obviously. And, I mean, the experience of making the rugs and selling them in Turkey isn't, I mean, I, I don't, you're not suggesting that it isn't an authentic experience, right? No, no, no. So it, it's it's extremely fun and authentic, if, if I'm understanding right. It's... Uh, I, I can't really describe it to you. Uh, you just have to live there to see it. You have to see it, or whatever that saying is. You know, See it to believe it. See it to believe it. You know, Imagine you have you know, 50 people on a tour bus, and they go into this rug store. Okay? Yeah. And this guy all of a sudden is serving tea, wine, <laughs> and he's just start explaining you these beautiful rugs. And he's explaining, he's telling you why these are authentic, these are, you know... Turkish, he's going into the designs. I mean, I can be here all day talking about it, but he's he, he really wows you with his knowledge mm -hmm. and um, and these are beautiful rugs. And then that's like a 10, 15 minutes of brief explanation. And then all of a sudden the doors open, you have 20, 30 guys walk in and they're assisting each individual. By end of the tour, everyone's like a 
rug expert. It leaves a good memory. That's why people sure. That's why they want to visit you here. They, yeah, they're like, oh, I loved Turkish tea. You know, I shouldn't have never had my first glass because I ended up buying three rugs. <laughs> And then I'll say, if you have Turkish tea here, you don't have to buy anything. And they end up laughing because they know while you sit, what do you do? You're going to shop at a rug store. So what's in the tea? I don't know. Uh, magic. I don't know. <laughs> oh, magic. That's funny. Well, you know, in the United States, if you get 50 people who walk off of a tour bus, the chances are you're someplace like the Grand Canyon. And yes, it's beautiful. But what's being sold is a trinket, right? Yeah. It's like a shot glass with the logo on it. Yeah. Uh, it's not a valuable, handmade, artisan rug. Yeah. Um, it's, a different, it's a different industry for sure. It's Middle Eastern thing. The Turkish economy thrives on tourism. I mean, it's the center of the world, we say. And uh, textiles are a big part of that. Jewelry and textiles are, and mm. food are a big part of it. Um, so you go, if you go to Turkey as a tourist, you're probably going to end up buying, worst case scenario, a rug. Probably one that you can carry, yeah, I guess. Exactly. And or they will make you sign the back of the rug and they'll ship it to you. Sign the back of the rug. So That's you know that cool. it's your, yeah. Mr. Michael says, hey, you know, I just bought this rug. How do I know that you don't switch it? Oh. And so they'll give you a Sharpie. They say, sign the back. Huh. Okay. So I know there are many generations of rug selling, I guess, in yeah. your family. Yeah. H how did that begin? Um, it, it's just been passed down. So there's a lot of stories about my great-grandfather being a rugsman. I know for a fact that my grandfather and my dad started in Gaziantep. So this is south, it's close to the Syrian border. It's southeast of Turkey. And uh, they actually would go from village to village in a truck showing rugs, mostly kilims, flat weaves. And eventually uh, they moved to Adana, which is on the... Um, I even have a map. There you go. So This isn't a very detailed map, but... Yeah. So it's here, around here. Uh-huh. Okay. So my dad started going to Adana, to west, okay? Um, and then they opened their first store there. And my dad has four brothers and two sisters, so they were all kind of involved. Uh, but I think my dad made the big first step... Uh, when he was 15, he actually went to Istanbul, and he believed that learning multiple languages were very important. So he went to Istanbul, and he started to learn how to repair rugs. And then in the meantime, he started at a small store. He learned the culture. He learned um, how Sultan Ahmed functioned, how this tourism business functioned. Ah. And he dropped out of school. Oh. And um, he started buying his own pieces here and there, and then he eventually opened the store, invited his brothers, and then he made his big move to America. Lafayette was our first store on Moraga Road. I'll never forget that. Huh. And I was uh, 10 years old, and the first year we traveled the United States visiting his clients that he made friends with in Turkey, Istanbul, and um, we opened our Lafayette store, and here we are. And how, uh, your parents decided to come to the U.S. Do you know why? You know, I still think about this today. They were like, oh, because we want you guys to go to good school, get good jobs. Hmm. And uh, what happened uh, was that I graduated from St. Mary's College in finance and economics, and I worked at a um, finance firm for three and a half years. And one day my dad just randomly called me. He's like, hey, I, I want you to come work for me now. 
So you have to drop everything. And he opened the San Rafael store. Well, he actually said, I need you to come look at something. Mm. And um, he, he said, just come once a week. And I started coming once a week. And we started the remodeling. He let me design it a little bit. He mm. said, you know, what should we, you know, he's very That's good That's how salesman. they reel you the, in, right? Exactly. If you, you know, why don't you redecorate the place? Yeah, he's like, you know. I got to do that too. Yeah. Here. All of a sudden, everyone's calling me, you know, what color should we do the floors? And I'm in like San Jose picking up marble. Picking up furniture, and what? There aren't rugs on the floor. Well, well we have. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, mean, I guess you have to have something to put the rugs well, on. What, yeah, exactly. So you need to have nice looking wood for the rug to really show itself. Um, okay, that's fair. So all of a sudden, two days became three days, and then we did like a opening finally, and I found myself come in like seven days a week, and then uh, <laughs> I just had a lot of fun, and then my wife would say you know you've been working for one year with no days off mm. you know and then i never noticed it because you know it's like a baby it's growing and yeah. it's growing and people are referring you and um we don't want to lose sight of that anyone can access me really easily because mm. i don't want to be that you know owner who's really hard to reach you know if if i helped you even if it's for rug servicing i will be personally there for you because mm. you know you're important, and one day maybe my kids will sell your rugs. Who knows? You have a lot of um, interesting expressions. One of them you said earlier when you first walked in, uh, something about working metal. Doesn't rust? Yeah, working metal. It's a Turkish proverb. Uh, I get it from my dad for sure. My dad is a big-time workaholic. Um, it's one of his favorite sayings. How do you say it in Turkish? Uh, okay, I have to translate it. Well, I can't, so <laughs> I'm hoping you can. You say, çalışan demir paslanmaz. Sounds very nice in yeah. Turkish. So, working metal doesn't rust. Now, yeah. tell me what you mean. So, if think about a railing, right? It just sits there, rain hits on it, sun hits on it. It just sits there, and what happens? It starts to get rusty. Um, you know, paint starts coming off of it. And I guess when you're working constantly, you're oiled up, you know. So, so you're always if, working. If you work every day for a year with no vacation, your your business will be successful. Y yeah, but but your personal life will go. We'll take a dive. <laughs> <laughs> your dad probably has an expression for that. What? Yeah. So my wife knows this. Like I told her, you know, please let me just work. Like let mm. me just work first couple of years, and it was a big test for me too because. My father is a guy who's traditional Turkish dude. It took a while for him to really let the reins go, if that makes sense. Yes. Really fully trust me. My dad is very well known in Turkey. I mean, if you know rugs, handmade carpets, you know my father. And I always felt like there was a shoe that I couldn't fill, mm -hmm. you know, because... Um, Anytime we go together, my you know they'll treat my dad like, oh, Ashraf, how are you doing? And they'll, they'll go in, and so um, I I always had that pressure in the back of my mind, you know, because and I'm also very competitive, so I kind it was like a chip on my shoulder, <laughs> and um, so eventually, as I grew the business and I got more people, people started to notice me, and it just kind of grew, and you know they'll call. One of the stores, you know, 
by chance, by accident, my dad's there. They're like, oh, is Osan there or is Ogi there? Oh. And my dad be like, oh, yeah, let me give you his number. And then this happened more and more and more. Uh. So it was really cool to see how much my dad appreciate me and see me as a, like a man, hmm. you know? Uh, that was cool moments. That's I feel like I earned the respect of my my dad and his buddies and and then the customer base and then as the well. customer base exactly. That's yeah. great. Now we I can call him. I'm like, hey, I'm gonna do this. What do you think? He said, yeah, I don't care. Do whatever you want to do. I know it's gonna be fine. But you have to earn that. You trust have to and earn that exactly. My dad still works every day. My dad goes to the Berkeley store every day. He'll the only two days he'll take off is probably Christmas and Thanksgiving. Wow. Even those days he still goes, just half a day. He'll look at the paperwork <laughs> or something. Well, I mean, he's we, only 56. You don't really need to be pushing him into retirement. I mean, no, some no. of us are 50-something <laughs> at the table, too. No, no, it's... Um, One of us. Well, yeah, what people don't realize is we love it. it I can see that. You know, it's um, it's it sounds cheesy, but my dad loves his rugs. I think people can sense it. I really do. I think you're probably, I'm sure you're right. Like, we don't have retirement accounts. I tell this to everybody. <laughs> you know, we, we buy rugs. We do not, we produce them, we buy them. Um, every rug is our retirement check. That's what we say. Hmm. So everything we have on is rugs. <laughs> do you have rugs? I mean, like, do your parents have them in their home? Or yeah. are they all in the store? Oh, uh, we have them at the, I mean, you got to enjoy them. That's nice. Yeah, so uh, my wife particularly made me get rid of like 20 for sure. <gasps> I'm not saying I have a big house. We, I literally hung them on the walls. Well, I mean, they're art. Yeah, so she was like, you know, I don't know if I can do this. <laughs> like, <laughs> so now we have, you know, on the floor and Rachel really likes them too now. I'm trying to get her to be involved a little bit more, uh, but we'll see. You met her in the United States? Yeah. I met her in the United States, yeah. Have you taken her to Turkey? Oh, yeah, we, we go all the time. Yeah, what? we went three times together. And when we go, it's usually during the summer times. Uh, so we stay about two, three months. Mm -hmm. And hopefully um, I take my sons every summer because I want him to be trained, you know? Yeah. You know, understand where we come from and just... Slowly train them. Well, so is that the secret? I, I can see the uh, there's like the tiniest bit of deception in the. Yeah. Um, if I can trick him into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is yeah. that is that? I mean, your generational longevity is rather impressive. I, I mean, what's the magic? Is it the tea? No, you know what it is. I think it's uh, you. Can, you can see the passion. Um, mm. Like Turkey is a lot more difficult country to live in. You mm -hmm. know, you don't have the same economic chances. I guess. Yeah, and freedoms. Probably. And freedoms. Um, so it's a lot more difficult. Here you can just open an LLC and start something. You know, my dad always worked. And I just admired that about him. And he would, you know, people here constantly say, you know, what's your exit strategy? They'll throw the term. What are you going to do with the business? Are you going to sell it? You can. My dad would say, no, Ogi is going to take care of it. <laughs> and I was nowhere involved in it. I mean, I knew the rugs. I, I can do a little bit of repair myself. And then it's like faith, I guess. It's like the family curse. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like maybe it's a blessing. It is. So we'll see. Uh, I, would I love one of my kids to do it or both of them to do it? Yes. Uh, but would I – I don't – depends. I don't know. I, if they tell me, oh, I want to be a lawyer, 
you know, I can't push back, obviously. But we'll see at that time. Maybe I'll push them both into the business because it's like a family treasure we have that we pride ourselves on. Yeah. You know, it, it, I had a dilemma, like, when I first started. Hmm. I was like, oh, people would ask me, hey, what do you do? You know, and I would say, oh, yeah, I sell rugs. And people would think, drugs or rugs? I'd say, oh, I sell rugs. <laughs> and and um, it was weird at first because it didn't sound professional. You know, I was in this thing, like, in my mind. Like, I, I felt like I wasn't being prideful, if that's the mm-hmm. word. You know? Mm-hmm. And then flip the switch. It just, I just say, you know what? I love, I love our business. I can see that you have a lot of pride in what you do. And obviously, um, there's a lot of uh, history and... 3,000 years of history. There history you go. and craftsmanship. Exactly. Yeah. And it's dying. Man, that's unfortunate. Yeah. Um, so what can you do about that? Buy rugs. Because once it's dead, it's dead. So mm. the rug making is uh, migrating to India. Um, and as you know, India is becoming larger than China in population-wise. So I think I read some statistic. And um, a lot of the rug-making is going to India. And it's good and bad because the quality control, it's very loose. Mm. And in Turkey, there's a little more control. Yeah, and... It's a lot more expensive because, you know, the salaries goes. I mean, think about it this way. If I try to have a rug made in the United States and I'll have two people working on the rug for two years, right? How much would I need to sell the rug for? 150000 Probably. You know, 200000 Two this, people on a rug, one rug for two years. Yeah. Well, size matters. We're not talking about a three by five bathroom mat. No, no, no. That, <laughs> <laughs> like a like an eight by ten. Yeah. Right? Wow. Or like a nine by twelve. You really are paying for the art yeah. of it. And uh, it'll probably outlive you. That's what I tell people. It'll well, probably you, go you, to your kids. You're already seeing that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the rugs are coming back exactly. and the people are gone. Exactly. It's amazing. That's amazing. Well, that is a legacy. Yeah. I mean, your dad's got it right. It's a not only have you had generations of your family, but the that's really interesting to think about the rugs that living on. I mean, I cried once when I sold the rug, because that, that thing was with me since I was like a kid. You know, <sighs> I was like, dang, there goes that rug. I bet I, you could I, go visit. Of course, I tell people this. Even though you pay for it, it's still my rug. <laughs> I mean, it's still my rug. What? Yeah, you got your Sharpie mark on the yeah. back of it, too, probably, right? But some of my favorite customers, it's not on how much they bought. It's just that experience. I'll still send them Christmas cards. And, mm. you know, it's just like, hey, you know, Mr. So-and-so, I hope you guys are doing good. You know, have a huh. blessed year. Stop by, have a tea. Have a tea. Okay, so I've gotten a f- several expressions from you today from Working Metal Doesn't Rust and the you know, we want you to use your foot. Your foot. Oh, we want your foot to get used to yeah, our door. Yeah. Okay. And having a tea. Uh, let's see. Can you leave me with any others? Let's see here. Uh, one cup of tea is forty years friendship. 
That's a very nice one. Well, that, there you go. that actually seems like a really nice way to say see you soon instead of goodbye. Exactly. How about that? Stop by and get some Turkish tea. I, it sounds like I've got 40 years of time to do it. I'm, I'm, I'd love to. I'm so glad we got to meet. No problem. It was a lot of fun. First time doing a podcast. It was amazing. Well, if, if you I'm were sweating. if you were nervous, it doesn't show, Augie. It was a pleasure to talk to you. And um, you. we will um, we will come for tea. And I really think you guys should keep doing this because you guys are doing an amazing thing. And Fourth Street is in a really tough situation. It's well, really cool. The gift has been ours really to be able to listen. The thank listening you. is really has really yeah. been the treasure. So thank you. No problem. Okay. See you soon. See you soon. Istanbul Rug is in the west end of downtown San Rafael. Go to their website at istanbulrug.com or call them at 628-253-5454. I can't believe I'm saying this, but that's a wrap on season one. As we said to Augie, the joy for Kalina and I has been in the listening. We're so grateful to all of our guests, first and foremost. Thanks also to our partners, the Marin Community Foundation, the Marin IJ, and the Marin Council of Chambers, with a special thank you to Rob DiVincenzi for his collaboration. We set out to promote social equity in business and community, to talk about race and racial barriers in Marin. I think the most important message that continues to come up is keep having these conversations, whether it's in front of a microphone or at the grocery store or even over the backyard fence. Extend your hand, slow down, and open your ears. The stories and the life experiences of our neighbors are vast and glorious. There are 26 examples of the good that can come out of a conversation in this season alone. From Frank Gomez and the colors in his crayon box, to Samantha Ramirez and her mission to help Marin youth show up more authentically. We have some postscripts for you as well. I'm saddened to report Milton Gooden suffered a stroke late last year, but Jeremy tells us he's getting stronger every day. We wish you a continued speedy recovery, Milton. Felicia Gaston released her cookbook, Grandmother's Feed Us Love, and she's about to release a piece of her promised historical archives as a book next. Caribbean Spices, Miracle Mile Cafe, and Salt and Pepper Restaurants are all still serving delicious meals every day. What we are building is community, and it's one that goes beyond the business community. It's about sharing our stories and experience. Thank you again for listening with us.